the, the NFL stands for not for long. Second down and goal from just inside the two. Backs offset. Sharga and Armstead. Rollout. Walker. Still running out. Looks to the left. Wide open. Thompson touchdown. Colin Thompson with the touchdown. There was nobody within 20 yards. What of a catch off the bobble. Colin Thompson scoops it up. Lofting quarter. The end zone. It is caught for the touchdown. The first NFL touch for Colin Thompson is a score. All right, so we got the great Brian Baldinger on today, someone uh, who's become a friend in, in this industry, someone I look up to in the industry I have, and, and now I get to work with and kind of rub elbows with as a player, as a media member, and him and I both wear a lot of different hats. Him in particular, he's all over the place, calling games. You see him on Baldy's Breakdown. Brian Baldinger, appreciate you joining us today, man. Kyle, good to be with you, man. Good to be with you. Uh, start of a new year. Happy New Year to you. And uh, all those kind of good things. Finish the season strong, you know, stay healthy. And uh, the offseason is right around the corner for you. Yeah, man. Yeah, we finished in Tampa this weekend. Obviously, uh, uh, Super Bowl champs. And we had a tough loss to them last time at home. We're going down to Tampa. So it'll be nice to get down there. And there's something about going on the road. I know you can talk about this from your time as a player and even time as a broadcaster. There's something special about going on the road. You're hunkered down. You're with your people. Yeah. And, you know, even with your broadcast team. It's unique uh, where, where you get to do that. So I'm excited, man. It's, 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 it's been a tough year, but excited to finish on a, on a strong note against obviously the best team in the world and Tampa Bay Bucks or the third defending champs. Um, yep. So all's good though. But you're in South Florida and you're always down yeah. there, you know, blown bubble, <laughs> free diving. I, I do some yeah. free diving myself. And, and uh, now are you spear fishing or are you just free diving to check things out? I'm not spear fishing yet, Colin. Cause I, you know, I mean, I've been doing this thing now for a while. I've always been a diver. But now, like, I want to – I'm not saying competitively free dive, but, you know, I got friends that can hold their breath for three minutes. I can't do that. You know, if I could get to three minutes, a lot of it is technique, and I got to – I got to – you know, there's some people that want to teach me it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it done this, this off season. But, you know, if I'm holding my breath for a minute, minute 15 seconds – I'm not pulling any grouper up out of that water, in, you know, in a minute, and 15 seconds. So I just feel like I got to get better before I start doing that, but I'm going to do it. I Leonard, big cat Williams with the giants, the free diver. He's a spear fisherman. Like I know a lot of guys in the league that, that can do it. And I have friends down here in Florida that can do it. I, I just want to get better before I, I, I take that on. Yeah. It's a serious endeavor. Now I've used Hawaiian sling before, which just, as you know, just a little yeah. rubber band sling and it's some good shallow water stuff. And I've shot hogfish in the keys down in Key West. Yeah. Doing that, and that's awesome. You're in like 10 to feet, 15 feet of water. Yeah, It's fun. It's great. Now I, you go to Hawaii. I've seen that before as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, in fact, I just sent my nephew there. He's a surfer. So he just got out of college last year. So he's just kind of hacking around his lifeguard. But I just sent him to Hawaii. I put him in touch with some of my people out there. But I'm, I, I, I've been going to Hawaii, Colin, every year um, since I, start, I started doing the Pro Bowl there uh, back in like 2001. So like almost 20 straight years. There was one year I don't think I went. But And, uh, you know, I would stay, do the Pro Bowl, and then go to Maui. And so I have friends over there, and we go – dive with these dolphins and turtles. So I, I get in the water as much as I can there because the water is always good. It's never a bad day. It's never like, okay, no visibility today or rough. I mean, it's always good and it's always warm. So you give me warm, clear water. You're not going to get me out. So, uh, you know, I'll stay in there all day. 
it looked like it was calm day today in Fort Lauderdale, great Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, it was calm. It was really calm. It was calm, but the visibility wasn't very good today. Uh, you, you just never know until you go under, you know, until you just, I mean, it looked great. I mean, when I woke up this morning with the sun, I, I knew it was going to be a good day. I just get, get some work done. But as soon as I got the work done, literally, I had my dive shorts on while I was doing the show. So I was sure. like, literally just ripped the jacket off and I went right outside, you know, when I was in the water in minutes. So I'm right on the shore here. So it's, it's convenient for me. So are you suit jacket on swim trunks underneath? Yeah. That's the way yeah. to do it. Flip-flops. Yeah. yeah. Flip-flops. Yeah. If the visibility is not bad, if the visibility is bad, you can always just hang it left to the elbow room or go to Boca. I can do that. And I might, I might head down to tonight, Colin. You know, the thing is, it's like, you know, this is, you know, you spent your time in the Northeast. I mean, I walked out of my house yesterday to go to NFL Films and I hit a patch of black ice. I, I, I swear to God, I never hit the deck so hard in my life. And I mean, it was, it was bad. And I was going, I got to get to Florida, man. I, I, I mean, I got I, I can't, I can't be messing around with these old bones hitting black ice. Like a white, I just, I, I was like, first of all, you know, when you wipe out like that, you just look around like, is anybody watching me? My neighbors see me, you know, but like, I was like, ah, oh, man, I just don't need that. I, I just don't. I was, I, I, it's the whole time driving NFL films after that. I was like, how many hours until I get to, to Fort Lauderdale, man? Cause I don't want to hit the black ice anymore. You booked a flight before you even hit the deck. You stepped on that black ice. The flight was booked. Oh, yes. Yeah, the flights are so cheap. It's, I mean, I, my flight costs $73, Colin. Yeah. $73 one way to Philly, Philly to Fort Lauderdale. I mean, you're here, you know, you're up and down in two and a half hours, man. You read the read the newspaper, you, you know, I mean, you, you look at your notes, whatever, and next thing you know, you're, you're touching down, you're here. Yeah, it's a great place. I was lucky enough to have a friend in college that, that lived right there, right across from Bo Campers. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we I love Bo Camp. Yeah, yeah, Bo Campers was my uh, when I was down here during the yeah, when I could get down here during the season this year. That's where I watched Thursday night football from. I watched it from Bo Campers, man. It's just football fans in there, just you know, sipping beers, man, having a good time. Yeah, it's a great spot. There's a great little Greek restaurant right across. From the yeah, it is. Yeah, Greek or whatever yeah. that is. It's a good spot. So right on A one A, I know it. Yeah, it's a good spot. So you mentioned the Pro Bowl, and and I want to hit on that. Now, you started calling Pro Bowls in Hawaii. Um, yeah. I've heard some stories, some great stories over the years, some coaches that I've, that I've you know, worked for, worked with. And then I've heard stories from, you know, Marty Morningway, because Skyler and I went to college together. We're rivals at yeah. St. Joe's Prep and Archbishop Wood. And Marty and the Eagles and Andy Reid were called, doing the game all the time. Because they yeah. were sadly losing yeah. in the NFC Championship game. So I've heard some awesome stories. But, you know, how has it changed? Since you started <laughs> calling the game to now, right now it's a way different spectrum. I think it's fantastic I, to within Vegas, but yeah, it's in Vegas now. But I mean, I think the last time it was in Hawaii, I was there. So I remember I was on the field and um, I was talking to Jesse Sapolo, who's a longtime 49er, um, you know, great, great center, Colin, and great, great guard and center for a lot of the 80s teams. I think he's got three or maybe four Super Bowls. But, anyways, He's a great guy. He does a lot of stuff with the Polynesian community over there. So we're, we're watching. We're watching the game. Like, we're in the end zone. We're standing there together. And we're watching it. And, like, literally, I couldn't even tell you who was playing. But, but it, like, literally, they're not even tackling. Like, it looked like a Thursday afternoon practice in December in the NFL or January. Like, it was just literally, like, thud. And then the momentum would stop. And then the whistle would blow. And I looked at Jesse and go, when did this happen? Like, when did they just stop tackling? 
You know, like I can remember Kurt Warner being over there and being over there when he was there. And I remember guys from the Steelers, like literally, like they were not supposed to blitz and all this kind of stuff. certain rules for it. But I remember going, Kurt Warner had been hit this hard all season. And he's, you know, like it was, so it's, it's changed a lot. It's changed. You know, I feel like they could be just as effective if they just did autograph signings and, you know, they, you know, they, they took pictures and stuff like that. But I mean, it's not really, they're trying to incentivize it um, to make it more competitive. I, I don't, I don't know that that's ever, you're ever going to see that again. Yeah. I think the guys are that are in the game, they're making enough money or they're, they're setting yeah. the money that what's another 10 to 15 grand. I know that may sound bad, but for what the numbers that these guys are making, it, it's yeah. dropping the bucket. Now it's interesting. It's good that it's going to Vegas because now you got a whole event around it. You're going to, the stands will have to be full. I don't know if they'll be full, but I think there's going to be more people than there is in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, more accessible obviously than Hawaii you know if you're in LA and you want to drive out for the weekend and hang because all the NFL players are going to be out and about because it's not just going to be the pro bowlers a lot of the NFL guys are heading to that area, yeah. that area. you need um, a destination Colin like I mean you know really the the most the, the coolest thing about the pro bowl when it was in Hawaii now they're I think they're condemning uh, Hula Stadium and all this stuff but Aloha Stadium but um it, it literally it was a destination for every fan base in the league. And so you'd go out there and, and you go through the tailgating out in the parking lot. And it was, you know, it was a good setup for tailgating. I mean, it was every fan, every team in the league was represented. I mean, Jacksville had their fans there. They might have had a player or two, who knows? Uh, but you know, every team was represented and it was a destination. And that's really, I mean, it's as much for the fans. And then, you know, so when you're at the Hilton Hawaiian village or, you know, one of the places in Waikiki, I mean, you never know what's what fan, you know, what players would be hanging out at the pool. I remember one year, like Tony Siragusa, like he flew the whole Raven staff over there, you know. So there was Rex Ryan drinking a Mai Tai at the pool. And, you know, I mean, that was that was that was pretty cool, guys. Even um, even last year, I did the Hula Bowl last year and we were over there and just seeing guys, you know, kids, you know, college kids like trying to surf. You know, they're out there in the water and, you know, all the all the activities and stuff there. I mean, that was a good place. So let, Vegas will will present a lot of that, you know, because of what it is and, what you know, how much fun it is and around the clock and stuff like that. So I, I just we just need a place where the fans, the players, everybody can really go and enjoy themselves and really celebrate the year that they had. You know, it sh- you should celebrate the fact that you've been voted amongst, you know, the best by your peers. Yeah, there's nothing better. I love when we get the ballot. I wish I could vote for tight ends. I think it's crazy that we can vote for tight ends. I, I don't watch, get that at all. It's crazy. It's all I watch. I watch every week. I watch, tune on the, watch what the Niners do in about the first half of the game they played in to see how the Kittle and those guys are playing in the offense. Yeah. I watch the Rams. Right, We do similar stuff. I, I, I fit in well into those schemes, so I watch a lot of the wide zone stuff to play action. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I watch every guy. I wish I could vote on that, but I'm voting on, like, Sam backers, yeah, which outside. is great. Yeah. Outside backers and, and, and ends, which is great. And again, we face some good ones, but we only face a handful of them. Right. Um, you know, no, so- I, 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 th- I always thought the voting was flawed. Yeah. I, I really always did. I mean, I, I, I felt the same way when I was a player. I, I, you know, if I was playing right now and I was playing guard or center, I mean, I'd be watching Quentin Nelson and oh. Jason Kelsey. And, you know, I'd be watching, I'd be doing the same thing you're doing. I'd be watching all these guys just seeing what I could pick up what I could learn, 
You know, what are they doing that I could I could adopt? You know, how they handle that stunt. Maybe that's a good way to do it. Let's try it. I mean, I always watch the best, you know. And and so, you know, I knew who the, you know, the, the defensive tackles were. But, you know, there, there's years you don't face guys from, you know, some divisions. You know, I mean, imagine if you never faced T.J. Watt this year. Like, you'd vote for him still. Yeah, you know, you'd still vote for him. But you'd have a little bit better voting. Like, let's just say you didn't play against Jeffrey Simmons in Tennessee. Like, I think they've got an awesome front, maybe the best in football. And Jeffrey Simmons is not going to the Pro Bowl. When I watch Jeffrey Simmons, like, how is he not going to the Pro Bowl? But, like, the, the, the whole voting is flawed. Like, he belongs in the Pro Bowl, period. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it is a very interesting way. I would definitely want to – I would suggest to change it just so we can vote on the tight ends because that's all I watch. Yeah. I mean, I think their DNs don't get – no doubt. But, again, I'm voting on the NFC, so it's like, all right, who's the Mike Backer in the NFC that we face? But, like – you know, we didn't even face one, you know, so yeah, yeah, it is what it is. It's, it's, right. it's a cool thing, but I think, you know, it's great. They're getting the fans back involved and and, and that's some unique stuff about the pro bowl, but um, you know, I digress. So you get your, get your hand in a lot of different things, Baldy is, you know, you, we see you on NFL network. We hear you doing radio. We follow you during college football season. What, what is, what is on the slate here as the season winds down? Like what were you doing last week when the season was kind of still in the thick of it into like the transition into the playoffs? Well, I, I, I mean, it, it really, um, I mean, my college season ended doing the big 10 championship game. Kind of, kind of got called on a lark. Some, some got some people got COVID. So they called me. So I did it Michigan, Iowa. So I had to kind of like in a matter of days get boned up for that. Just, you know, I mean, I knew who Aiden Hutchinson was and, you know, I knew who Jim Harbaugh was, but I, I didn't know a whole lot about Michigan. I had to learn it. So I, I went and studied real hard, but I was in, uh, I was in Minnesota. I mean, I was in Indianapolis last week for the Raiders and uh, Colts game. I had been a big fan of Max Crosby. Um, uh, I've been doing a lot of breakdowns of Max really for the last three years. Yeah. He's a great player. Great kid. You know, just, you know, really turned his life around, but I, I'd never met Max. I mean, he watches all my stuff and, you know, I connect with him, you know, via Twitter and whatnot, but I never met him. So I was really excited. Like he was warming up. He came running over and, you know, just kind of caught up a little bit. So it was good. And I talked to, you know, Mike, you know, I just did what I do during games, talked to Mike Mayock for a long time and saw Carson and saw Quentin Nelson and some guys. So, you know, I, I was kind of getting ready. I did that game. And then um, I was able to get back to NFL film Sunday night. And I broke that game down, broke the Eagles game down, did some stuff. You know, and then it's really, um, you know, just really heavy film study. Uh, I try to watch every team. I try to treat all 32 the same. I can't always get to all 16 games the way I'd like to. It's just time consuming with a lot of other stuff. I, I work for Sky Sports in London. I do a TV show for them every Tuesday. Uh, I'm going over to London to do their playoffs for them. I'm doing the Super Bowl for them out in L.A. So uh, I'll be busy doing that. Uh, I, I'm the national radio voice of Odyssey Sports, so Odyssey Radio. So I get called from around the country to, you know, find out about their team, and what's wrong with Tua in Miami, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you know. I mean, um, I, I, you know, fans got a vent, and you know, some of the radio people in some of these cities are a little over the top, but you know, so <laughs> it just kind of, I kind of juggle a lot of things, Colin. But it's all basically, if I sit there and watch enough tape on any game and any team. I can tell you what their strengths and the weaknesses are. You know, I can, I can tell you right now, the Rams have their hands full with the way the 49ers run their zone scheme. They just, they just do. And you can't play that zone scheme and still play man coverage. 
because Kittle's going to knock you, you know, you're going to take yourself right out of the box if you're trying to cover Kittle doing it. So, you know, they kind of, they kind of dictate a lot of stuff and the Rams have had problems with it. They're a great defense, but they're not a great defense. So I'm, you know, so you just, you, you kind of break that game down you say, okay, this is the challenge to the Rams and what they like to do. And if they're, you know, if they're, if they're change up, if they're running against them is to go to a four man defense line. Sometimes that's the worst thing because then they trap all the guys inside on their, on their zone cutoff. So, uh, you know, if you just try to stay ahead of this stuff, and kind of predict what might happen and some of the things that can happen. There's so many good things to digest there. You and I can go down a huge rabbit hole of the wide zone and, and talk about defense and how to play it and the importance of the tight ends, the front side tackle, the backside guys, cut back, the play action. We'll be here all day. We got to have, we got a podcast to do. Um, I would love to swing by NFL films and sit in with you too. That'd be, that'd be a blast. But uh, how's it changed the buy-in on just the stuff that you're doing? Because it, it was kind of revolutionary in its own way. Fans want to see more of the game. They want more answers, especially, you know, we're in Philly, big market. People want to know why. You know what it is, Colin? They deserve more. Yeah. I mean, I, I look, I do games on Sunday. I mean, I, I worked at Fox for 12 years doing games on Sundays. I know what Troy Aitman or Chris Collins or Tony Ron. I know what they're all up against. I mean, you got 12 seconds to kind of digest the play. And sometimes – you know, it might have been something off the, you know, it could have been a penalty. Like, you're not even digesting the play. You're just, you know, trying to figure out, is this an interference, not an interference? So there's so much, so much is going on, as you know. I mean, so much goes into a play that makes it work, doesn't make it work. It's scheme, it's talent, it's uh, down distance, it's, you know, it's exceptional uh, effort. You know, I mean, there's so many different things. And so fans can't, no matter how hard they say they want to watch it, Nobody can. I, I can't sit here and watch a game and tell you everything. You have to go back and slow it down and comb it and and then just kind of pick pieces apart. And I started it four years ago because I felt like there was a need for it. But what really blew me away was how many of the players watch it and how important to the players it was. I mean, there was there was Mondays or Tuesdays I'd be putting this stuff out. And literally Jalen Ramsey's watching every single one. And, I, and I'm texting him going, Jalen, it's your day off, man. Like, go have some fun. Like, but, like, players players like want to know what's going on around the league. And they can't sit there and watch all these games. But they can watch, you know, two minutes of, um, you know, the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. I mean, they, they can watch certain parts. Okay, you know, how do they block Vita Vey in this game? Like, nobody else can, whatever it might be. So, I, you know, and I try to – I try to – teach the game because it's a very complex game and I don't pretend to know everything at all. I hear from other players about some things that I get wrong. That's fine. But um, it's a complex game. It's difficult to, to teach. And I think play, I think fans really want to try to learn more. No doubt about it. They, there's definitely a hunger for it. There's definitely a hunger for it. And from a player's perspective, it's awesome, right? Because you're like, wow, this is breath of fresh air here. This is not a fan saying, what is this quarterback doing on this play? It's like, well, the tackle, the tackle tripped and TJ Watson his face. Like, well, what do you want him to do? Or, you know, Hey, uh, you know, they, they brought cover zero blitz. When why is the, why is the quarterback throwing off his back foot? Right. That's the famous thing. You know, yeah. Yeah. Right. McNabb throwing off his back foot all the time. Well, yeah, they're, yeah. Bringing cover, they're bringing cover zero blitz. You can't protect right. everybody. So I think that's another thing. It's a breath of fresh air as a player. It's like, okay. Like, yeah, the media doesn't matter. And tweets don't matter from people that you don't know or wouldn't ask advice from, but you see them. And then for you, it's like you're like the defender of the guard. You're like, this is what it is. This is what happened on this play. Like, 
nothing happens by mistake. It's what I try to tell people. Yeah. I also try to tell viewers too, like start around the offensive line. Like you want to enjoy the football game, watch the offensive line, defensive line yep. battle. You're going to learn so much more other than just staring at the quarterback. Um, and I'll transition to this. You're, you're big at O-line guy. You're an O-line guy at heart, but you watch and you learn about the game. You're talking pass rush moves. You're talking mm-hmm. cover. You're covering effort. Who are the O-linemen in the league that you, you enjoy watching the most? Obviously, you said Quentin Nelson. That's, it's got to be one of them. Well, I mean, I mean, Rashawn Slater has been unbelievable at the left tackle, the rookie left tackle for the Chargers. Okay. I mean, I, I could count on one hand, Colin, number of times he's been beat this year. I mean, I don't care if he's going up against Miles Garrett or Micah Parsons or whatever. I mean, he's he's rock solid and he's really good in the run game. He's really strong and he's really he's really smart. He takes good angles. Um, I, I was concerned because, you know, he didn't play his final year at Northwestern. And, you know, he's the first lineman off the board or second, whatever it was. And, you know, they, like literally he's played every snap for the Chargers. And if you could say, okay, what's the biggest reason why Justin Herbert has even played better this year than he did last year? It's because, you know, they, they really addressed the offense line. Matt Filer at left guard and Corey Lindsley at center and, and Slater at left. Like he doesn't need a lot of help. They don't chip block over there a lot. They uh, Austin Eckler is in the route. Um, they don't slide protect to protect them, even going up against a Miles Garrett or somebody elite like that. So, I mean, he's been really good. Trey Smith in Kansas City and Creed Humphrey in Kansas City, those two rookies have been outstanding. I mean, Trey Smith is – I mean, he's a, he's a nasty he, – he's about as nasty as it gets at, at that position in this league. He's a right guard for the Chiefs. Um, he was it's, – it's really a great story. He had blood clots in Tennessee. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of teams took him – took him right off of their uh, draft, uh, you know, draft board, just not a draftable player. Um, you know, this, it was an issue at Tennessee. He didn't, um, he didn't practice a lot when he was there, but he was highly, highly recruited coming out of high school. He's a five-star recruit. And, um, you know, a lot of people wanted him. And so, you know, Kansas City spent a six round pick on him and, you know, like it's where you should take a guy with a real risk like that. Um, you know, and he knows what, but he's a really smart kid. Like, you know, you, his, his professors at Tennessee, like they chime in when I talk about him, like you should see him in the classroom. Special like school nine. Um, he did his football stuff. He, you know, so, so those two have been really, really fun to watch. Um, you know, this, this Jordan Milata in Philadelphia is unreal. He's a like, he's unreal. He, you know, I mean, for a guy who never played a game until four years ago, it's unreal how good he is, how powerful he is, um, how light on his feet he is. And then the guy next to him, Landon Dickerson, um, is coming off a of, you know a torn ACL um, against Florida a year ago. I mean, he's he's a year out, thirteen months out of reconstructive surgery, and he's you know he's he's dominating inside right now. So, I mean, those, I mean, there's just some guys that you just have to watch. You just have to watch them. Our guy here is pretty damn good too. Taylor. Mellon. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Taylor. I know, you know, yep. Taylor and watch his game. I've seen you do some breakdowns on him. He's, he's an absolute machine at right tackle. We have some, we have some, we have some good guys. Matt Paradis is one of them too. We've got yep. things up, but, but um, no, I digress. No, it, it, the line position has changed. It's just been so much fun to watch there's so much more of a spotlight on it now, right? There's a premium and draft picks for it now. Mm-hmm. Draft this guy, it's going to change your organization. Well, hold up. He's he's a left guard. Well, listen, 
you know, that's the way of the world and it's changed the game. The O-line, it's great. Like all the game has changed and everyone's saying it's opened up and college football is infiltrated. But at the end of the day, whether it's preseason game or playoffs, it all starts up front, which has been such a fun thing. And, and that's my game too. So it's something I enjoy uh, mm-hmm. for sure. But really why I want to have you on, Bryce, is to talk John Madden. Um, yeah. You know, you followed him as a head coach. You followed him as a media member. He birthed so many things in this profession when it comes to he's on Saturday Night Live. He's on commercials. He has a video game. He's doing what you do in the booth. He's breaking down film, bringing the game into people's, you know, living rooms at a different level than it was before. Right. The things we've talked about. But his legacy is, tr- is it's the things he does in philanthropy, the bocce ball tournament. I mean, the guy, right, just like yourself, never stopped moving and, and was a, a tremendous man. He died at 85, December 28, 2021. Yeah. What, what does he mean to you? What does he mean to the football world? Well, I don't know that I would even be talking to you right now, Colin, if it wasn't for John. I'm not saying John opened the doors for me. But I thought um, when I played, when I was in your position, um, I thought there was John Madden and Pat Summerall, and then there was everybody else. And there was no knocking anybody else. I just thought, like, I did enough games. You know, I, I played enough games when I was with the Cowboys and the Eagles that John and Pat were there. The, you know, the bus was there. They were there on Friday practices. You got, you kind of get to know them. Like, you know, and, and we knew, we all knew that when John and Pat did the game, it was the biggest game of the week. Like, there was no, there was no other hierarchy. So when I got, when I got done playing, like I, you know, Matt Millen was just starting and I liked Matt a lot, but he was just getting started. And I just felt like there was a big, there was a need to get better as an analyst. Like there was just was, and John set the standard of what it should be about. I mean, he could describe what the, uh, what the bear defense was in 20 seconds. And you, you came away in 20 seconds in the middle of the game why the bear defense was effective, why you played it and what made it the bear. Like the guy could just describe any part of the game, but then it was fun. Like he he had a lot of fun doing it, you know? And so when I went, uh, when I went to Fox, I went to Fox uh, in 1998 to do games. And uh, back then, you know, the, the hierarchy of analysts, it was John Madden. It was Matt Millen. It was Bill Moss. It was Tim Green. It was Jerry Glanville. Uh, and it was me, like I was the new kid on the block. And so, you know, you, you come into this uh, room, and we'd have a, a three-day seminar every summer, Colin. So we, we'd go out to Los Angeles where Fox Sports is situated. And we spend three days interviewing coaches, or Matt Rule or, you know, uh, you know, Sean McVay, whatever it might be, via big screen. And we'd ask questions. And we'd, we'd get some players on. Brett Favre always came on. You know, and we'd, we'd have round-robin questions and answers. And then we'd We'd sit and break film down and John kind of ran the whole thing. So like when he spoke, it could be about anything. It could be to the commissioner about the game and the state of the game and what, what we have to do to make it better. Or it could be, we don't give enough attention to the hall of famers and legacy players that came before us. Like there was something about the preservation and the importance of the game. John believed the game didn't need anything else. It didn't need cheerleaders it didn't need pre pregame shows. It needed people that knew the game that liked talking about the game. And that's all it was like, you know, you could, I don't know, you could say Brian Burns, like development as a player, 
okay? Like, if you just put the spotlight on Brian Burns, you're going to see a spin, speed to power, dip rip. You're going to see this kid got five different ways to get to the quarterback. But John knew that about every player. You know, like, he – so he was very intimidating. You know, like, my father was intimidating to me. My dad was a Marine. And John was intimidating because I felt like if I didn't know my stuff, forwards and backwards, and I was trying to have a conversation with John, like, he's going to make you look bad. And so, but that's how he was about everything. The production of the game, the cameraman, um, Pat Summerall, whoever he was working with, um, like every part of the game, whatever your job was, John made you better. And everybody today at Fox, you know, Rich Russo is the director for Troy Aikman's game. He started off at CBS on, on the bus with John, you know, as a, as a stat guy, you know, like now he's the number one director in the NFL. Like you can go through the list of any – Fran Morrison produces games for Fox. Fran Morrison was a guy that, you know, started off at Fox, you know, um, you know, as a BA, just a broadcast associate with Madden, you know, learning the game. And so everybody at Fox, at CBS, like they're all in a position of being the best of what they do right now because of the influence of John Madden. Yeah, such powerful stuff. And the yeah. ripple effect is absolutely massive, right? People – are into the game of football because of the Madden video game, whether they were oh, yeah. or not, right? You go to your friend's house, oh, you'll be able to play Madden. Okay, sure. And yeah. then they have to practice and the drills. And like, that was definitely his idea. Now that you say that, right? Like anybody would say, yeah, roll a video game out. Well, no, we're going to have drills and OTAs. Like all that stuff was in there. That was so cool looking back. And that's got to be the reason why he did color commentary from 79 to 09, just going through some of the stuff I was looking up. He's yeah. doctor to the hall of fame in 06. Uh, 14 sports Emmy awards just for broadcasting alone. He's married his wife for 62 years. I thought that was a yeah, really Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just what's the best way for him to be honored, Brian, from, from the league, from guys like you and I. Well, we, we, we gave a tribute last week at all the games, you know, yep. we had a moment of silence. Everybody, I was in Indianapolis last Sunday, moment of silence before the national anthem. John's picture uh, was up there. I posted it, took a picture of it. Um, it was in every, every stadium. So we, we had a moment, you know, and, and you know, I just happened to be doing the Raiders. So I was talking to uh, Mike Mayock and uh, their interim, you know, head coach, uh, Rich Passaccia, you know, he, he just let the Raiders know, because, you know, a lot of kids don't know the history, but, you know, Al Davis, Tom Flores, John Madden, all coached the Raiders, all Hall of Fame coaches. Like there's a legacy of Raider coaches there of how to play the game, all that kind of stuff. So um, all that stuff was there. I, I, I happened when John left Fox and went to Monday Night Football with Al Michaels, um, Pat Summerall really didn't want to retire. So they put me with Pat Summerall for a year. So I, I was Pat's uh, color man, uh, color analyst for a year. And so Pat's an unbelievable storyteller. He was healthy that year. He really enjoyed working with me. But inevitably, you know, we'd always go to dinner on Friday nights as a crew. And, John, and the production team, uh, uh, Sandy Grossman and Bob Stenner, like they were our production team. So we, we, we told Madden stories, you know, like every Friday night. So like I, I sat there just I didn't say a word. I just sat and listened to the stories, you know. And, um, you know, I mean, John just made the game. He just made it fun. He just made it fun. There was a reason why he loved. I mean, he had claustrophobia. Uh, There's a reason why, um, you know, he didn't fly. But it was claustrophobia and everything. Like, you know, he didn't, he, he didn't like elevators. 
So his room had to be on the first floor or it had to be, you know, a, a room accessible by, you know, a staircase. He could walk to the room. Like he didn't, he didn't like confined spaces, like really made him bug out. It was real. So, um, you know, the, you know, he, 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 if you were on the bus with him and he wanted, you know, the, the four Buccaneer games against uh, Carolina Panthers with Matt Rule as a coach, like whoever the assistant was, those, those games better be in order on VHS tape back when it was VHS. Like they better be in order next, you know, like on the film desk, ready to go. Cause this is what we're going to do for the first 200 miles. So, I mean, you know, he, he was demanding, but demanding in a good way though. You know, he was demanding yeah. in a good way. He seemed like a man that had some grace about him. So well-respected, uh, obviously a tremendous impact on, on us and, and the league. And, you know, who knows what the league is today without him and, and the growth of the game and all the things that he did. So, well, the one thing I would say, Colin, is the game was the most important thing. Yeah. And um, the respecting thing. the game and playing the game the, the right way, um, it, that was really important to him. And I feel like, you know, nowadays, not just rule changes, some of the rule changes are important. Player yeah. safety is important. Like John wasn't against any of that. But I do think there's a certain way. You know, we saw a player walk off the field and throw his shoulder pads. And, you know, we, we saw that happen last week in Tampa. Like, that, that would bother John. That would bother John. That's, that's not a way. There, there's things, there's ways to handle adversity. There's ways to handle things. That, that, would, that would bother John. You know, respecting the game was really important. The game was there before any of us. It's going to be here after all of us. Like, let's, let's leave the game in better shape uh, all the way around you know, when we leave the game. And I, I felt like that was really important to John. And anybody that was around John, it became really important to them. So well said. Keep the main thing the main thing. And, and it sounds like that's what John Madden was all about. Baldy, I want to let you let you go, man. I know you're down in South Florida having a good time staying warm. I appreciate you coming on. Good luck on yeah. the call throughout the playoffs. We'll be dialing in. We'll be retweeting your stuff. And, and again, thanks. Appreciate I appreciate you, Colin. Give my best to, uh, to Matt and Phil and the whole, the whole staff, man, go, uh, go shock the world on Sunday, man. Go get yourself a win, man. Finish on a good note. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. Right now, talking about.